Welcome to the Wildcast Podcast, coming to you from Wildcast Studios with your hosts, Adam Lund and Jeremy Boucher. Welcome into the Wildcast Studios for another playoff episode of the Wildcast Podcast, your unofficial voice for all things Moncton Wildcats. As always, Ben Nishners, I am your host, Adam, and I'm joined by your favorite co-host on this special Monday edition of the podcast, Mr. Jeremy Boucher. Buddy, how was your Easter weekend? Easter was uh, Easter was good. Uh, had a had enjoyed some some candy, some chocolate, Just some candy or all the candy. Oh, most of it, <laughs> most of it. Uh, some ham, scalloped potatoes. Ooh, yeah, uh, you know, we uh, with a nice roast, nice roast, yeah, roast and carrots, very yeah. nice. Chocolate that we had to buy for ourselves. That's, that's okay. Ridiculous. When did a chocolate bunny become four dollars or three dollars? It's made out of gold these days. Holy. You're, eat, you're eating gold. It depends on the, I guess it depends on the, the chocolate, right? If it's dark chocolate, it's yeah. more expensive. If it's milk chocolate, it's not so expensive. But uh, yeah, I, I realized that when I went to do my, my uh, chocolate um, uh, run. Run, yeah. yes. Uh, not cheap. No. You know, it's, uh, it used to be, you know, a couple bucks for. You could do your, all of your Easter shopping in ten bucks. Now it's you know two times, three times that, right? So it's uh, well, and not, you, not fun. You'd go to Choppers or you'd go to Superstore or you go to Sobeys or whatever grocery mm-hmm. store you're in. And you're like, oh, it's a bit much. You know what? I'll run to the dollar store. I'll run a dollar yeah. and get some chocolate for a dollar, two dollars. And now the, uh, not the hollow ones, but the full milk chocolate bunnies are like two forty nine, three forty nine. I mean, mm-hmm. I, we were at Walmart on Saturday, and it was like. When did a chocolate bunny become two dollars and forty nine cents for one that's this freaking big? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and did Avery get any magic, like or not magic, but anything special? Like Easter's become the second Christmas to kids nowadays. Yeah. It seems where they're getting bikes or they're. I mean, they're getting summer stuff mm-hmm. that they get to go out with. But did she get anything special? Uh, well, there was a Reese's Pieces cereal okay. shaped like bunnies. So that was different. Uh, I never seen that before. So, shout out to the Easter Bunny for bringing that. I can tell you, it's pretty damn good too. Yeah. <laughs> it's both your uh, daily intake of sugar for one bowl. Wow. And, okay. uh, but it's no, it's uh, it's quite uh, quite delicious. Huh. The uh, milk, uh, the milk turns into like chocolate milk. So you just right after, and it's fantastic. Breakfast cereal, most important meal of the day. So That's let's right. load them up with sugar when they head to school. Uh, Big brother, you sent me a video that you. Thought you were caught up on, but you're fairly behind. Oh, um, I, I've, I've been, uh, you know what? I spent um, spent Saturday morning catching up on my big brother, and so I'm pretty perfect in, timing. I'm pretty intact with it right now. And is Zach still in? Um, Zach is gone. Ah, Zach so, is gone. Zach, second or third uh, guy gone. Zach self evicted. Actually, he's self and yeah. So see the second guy or the third guy gone? Uh, I, I'm not too sure right now, but he's self evicted because he just decided he. Isn't that two self evictions this year? Yes. What is happening? Uh, yeah, I don't know. So he's uh, yeah, he decided to self evict, and he decided that uh, he was going to him and I think believe I think, I think it's Ty. Him and Ty were kind of in a thing together, and Ty decided he was going to self evict as well. But um, at the last minute, Ty decided to stay in the game and. <laughs> Gotcha. Um, he he walked out. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's been quite the season. Pretty pretty dramatic. Uh, recently, this past season was uh, was an invisible season. So there was an invisible HOH and an invisible power of veto. So whoever won didn't have to reveal themselves to the other house guests. 
So, yeah, I think it was Santina who I picked to to win win the season. She was the invisible house guest, hmm. and she put up Dan and Ty on the block. Right. And in the invisible POV, uh, Daniel, who's not Dan, <laughs> uh, won the power of veto. And he invisibly took Ty off the block. And the invisible HOH Santina put up Claudia as the replacement nominee. Claudia is the one from Kensington PEI. I was just going to ask how the one yeah. from Kensington's doing. And of course, uh, you know, the best thing to come out of Kensington since the Frosty <laughs> Treat. Yeah. Um, so essentially, it's uh, it came the votes came down to Dan or Claudia, and Dan uh, Dan was evicted uh, unanimously. I'm pretty sure. So um, yeah, there's a uh, there's a new HOH, Kusi Kusi. I think her name is. So that could be a spoiler. I'm not sure if the next show was on. You know when it is. I think it's probably Tuesday. So that's probably a spoiler for any Big Brother. Uh, watchers out there but uh, if not uh good uh yeah so koozie's the the new hoh and uh well, i guess we'll see how uh this week goes oh. okay well i'm, I'm a little sad that dan, uh, the dan yeah. he's out i was really hoping to go two for two on a show that i haven't spent more than a minute watching since season <laughs> one of the of the american version i was like well maybe i'll maybe i'll get to go two for two but um yeah i spent most of the weekend uh, unpacking doing a little mm-hmm. shopping watching the masters Wanting to go to the Masters, realizing it's Saturday. I'm sure glad I didn't get tickets to this year's Masters, A, because the Wildcats are in the playoffs, but B, it was pouring rain. And you're spending that kind of money to go down there? You're going on that event during the rain. and There's I, trees falling. Like, there's yeah. rain pouring. There's uh, not a not a fun weekend. No, not a fun weekend. Uh, obviously, this show comes out on Monday, so we recorded it before the end of the Masters, or else I would get into who won the Masters. All I hope is that when this show comes out, it's not Brooks Kepka or anyone from Liv who has won the tournament because I don't think they should be at that tournament. So um, don't forget, you can, yes. as always, you can like us on the Twitter, Moncton Wildcast, Instagram Wildcast Podcast, TikTok Wildcast Podcast. And now uh, we have made it to 100 subscribers on YouTube. Thanks to our viewing party on Friday night. You can like and subscribe to the Moncton Wildcast on YouTube. You never know when we're going to show up. Uh, we might have some other events on there uh, in the coming weeks. But uh, let's get to some news notes from around the queue. News and notes from around the queue. I do want to correct myself. All right. So Kuzi didn't win the head of household. It was actually Ty who won the head of household. Oh. Um, so I'm not sure how I got Kuzi, but uh, <laughs> yes, Ty was the uh, new HOH. Perfect. There we go. Well done. Kuzi. Uh, she wasn't there last week, was she? Wasn't she on the block last week, you said? No. That was uh, Dan and Ty, and then Dan, uh, Ty was taken off. No, like the the previous week, I thought Koozie was on. I, I know I've heard you've talked about that name before. Maybe I messed up with names. Maybe. Anyways, Ty is the new HOH. Okay. So he's almost guaranteed to nominate my winner that I picked, Santina. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because Santina was the invisible HOH, and she invisibly nominated Ty. So right, it's so gonna be payback. Like, yeah, exactly, yeah. payback. All right. so. Uh, so some news and notes. The uh, the Sea Dogs are sticking in our news this week again. Uh, they've now announced the promotion of Anthony Stella to their mm-hmm. general manager. Uh, he becomes the seventh general manager in their team history. He's been with them since 2014-2015. 
like we kind of talked about last week, they obviously host the Memorial Cup, won the Memorial Cup. They were able to get three home games in the playoffs. They made the playoffs, but they also got three home games, which only makes your squad better moving forward. I mean, they just they kind of seem to be in a good position to rebuild this thing moving forward with Anthony Stella. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, you want to you want to build. You know, you you want to hire internally, and um, you know, Anthony Stella is a great uh, uh, a gr- a great case. You know, he started as just a just a scout for the Sea Dogs and worked his way up to, I believe, director of player development, yep. up to assistant general manager, and now uh, general manager. So he's he's climbed the ladder and uh, he clearly getting this promotion. It, it's the the Sea Dogs organization has uh, has trust in him that he's gonna you know get the team back to where where they where they need to be and where they want to be. And uh, at this point, you know, I I think he's one of the bright young hockey mm-hmm. minds out there and uh, I, I can easily see them being you know one of the top teams in the league probably another two three years yeah because you know most teams have a, a general manager and assistant general manager that kind of helps out with things and you know trevor georgie wasn't the one that always pulled the triggers but he's he's gets input and sometimes the assistant general manager is mm-hmm. taking some of the calls to bring the trades to him and i wonder if in his speech on or not a speech but his uh his interview type, if they have interviews like regular people, mm-hmm. um, one of his uh, points was, "I'm not going to trade for goaltenders <laughs> for a few years." <laughs> yeah, that's because uh, I bet he'd really like to start his tenure with that uh, with that lottery selection that Valdor has, right? Like, oh, you think you think, but uh, no, they they seem to have a good one in in Brito. Yeah, yeah, um, they so got uh, good pieces. Billado, yeah, Billado, Brito. Burbridge, the three yeah. B's, you yeah. know, it's uh, the killer B's. The killer B's. You're welcome. One, you want to use that one? One per position yeah. by the looks of it. Um, so it's no, they're they're in good hands. Uh, they're still, like I said, probably a few years away from from getting on top, but um, you know, they can easily uh, they can do it quick. Like I said, Stella's got got a good mind, and yeah, he's probably been the one who's made the majority of the trades, you know, recently and. It's uh you know it's just uh, it's just a right hire. They'll be uh they'll be in a good good spot. And they got a couple guys that can move on. Like they only have two seconds at the drafts. So they got Peter Reddons that can move on. Brady Burns will obviously move on. Uh, Vince Ellie was one of the mm-hmm. I think he was one round of those. Guy. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think he was a late round. Was he a late round pick? I think he was. Uh, I don't think he was late. Maybe fourth or fifth. Or second. Or, or second. he was their second round yeah. pick. So yeah. I mean, obviously he's one of the building blocks. So they've got. They've got some good building blocks, and they've got guys that can kind of move at the deadline yeah. and at at the draft to try and accumulate some of those picks that they've given away. But he's in a good spot to uh, to build that team up in a couple of years and, and get right back to kind of what they do, and that's win. win. <laughs> um, doing it the right way. I mean, they hire internally, and they, they understand, and the fans understand it's going to be a long process. Mm-hmm. makes it easy to understand when you're putting banners up. But it's uh, it's going to be a long process, and hey, good on them for getting three playoff games, which we'll move right into. Every single first round matchup is over except for ours, um, so we're going to save ours to the weekly rewind. Sherbrooke, Blainville, four nothing. Gatineau, four one. Um, Ren, four one over Schwinnigan. You're upset. You may have been the only one to pick them. Uh, Drummondville, four one over Victoriaville. Quebec and Halifax dispatch their teams quickly in four, and I think a. You know, for the surprise of the first round, I think Ramuski Shakutami is my surprise that it's over in five. Yeah. Like I, I think I took 
Now I'm trying to remember who I took. I think I took Shakutami on the big ice in seven. Mm-hmm. Um, but for that thing to end in five and for Ramuski to jump out to a 3-0 lead, I think that's the biggest surprise for me. Um, yeah, I took Shakutami in seven. So that's for Ramuski to dispatch. And now that's the third year where they've been the underdog and underdog this year being mm-hmm. one point behind the team. That's three years they've knocked off a favorite. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. Just comes down to to coaching and who they've got behind the bench. You know, we I remember where uh, a few years ago when we faced uh, Ramuski in and uh, I think of the first or second round, first round seven gamer, yeah. my first playoff experience yeah. in Moncton when Beausoleil had some words to say about uh, I think it was Gramat Bauer. Yeah, and um, that was the final playoff series, playoffs in the Coliseum. Yeah, and Gramat Bauer went and came and you know basically won game yeah. six and game seven. Yeah, uh, and uh, kind of shut shut up Beausoleil. So. Other than that, I mean, he's he's kind of learned his lesson over the years to keep him, keep his mouth shut, and he's uh, the results uh, speak for themselves. So Drummondville, how'd you see it coming, bro? How'd you see <sighs> Honestly, it coming? Honestly, it's it's they they got Riley Mercer back in yeah. net, and prior to that, like they were just they were losing games, they were being embarrassed. Uh, I think their coaching changed because uh, they changed coaches they did during, they, yeah, yeah hardly I, I don't remember when it was it was i think it was your january february yeah it was after after the christmas deadline yeah I believe. so it that kind of turned things around too they there was uh anytime you can get a coaching change in there it's 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 going to change the change the room around and uh you know they got lamaru back they got cote back they got mercer back those were three significant pieces in their lineup that mm-hmm. they didn't have in the first half and um, you know, once the once you get you know one of your top forwards back from injury, you get your top defenseman back, and then your goalie, you're you're in good shape. And I just I saw Victoriaville as more of a not uh, not a weakness, not a weak team going into the playoffs, mm-hmm. but I just saw Drummondville as being a hot team going into the playoffs, and and you ride you you ride the momentum, yeah, you know, and you've you've seen it, uh, you know, you've. So many of these teams didn't miss a beat going into the playoff because they're just, you know, they were top teams. And uh, Drummondville, to me, just they were flat most of the year. And it just seemed as soon as Mercer came back from injury, that was something that it got them going. Like there was a point where they were in jeopardy of being below Valdor in the standings. And they, they kept, you know, I think as soon as March came around, they just got the W's they needed. And I saw that as, as I think, you know what, when I saw that Drummondville and Victoriaville series, I said, there's not going to be very many people that pick Drummondville, but I'm going to be one of those people. And I'm glad I did. I just didn't expect, I didn't expect it to be five games. No. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't expect them to win in Victoriaville. I, I expected them to win in, in Drummondville on their home ice, but, you know, to to do it in Victoriaville probably uh, feels a little better. <laughs> yeah. It's always good to go into your, your rally. He went... 13-9 and nine on the year, mm-hmm. had a lot of injuries in the first half of the year. And then, I mean, he was undefeated in his games he played in the first half of the year. Yep. And, and then he came hurt. back, and then he's he was 8-3 and three in January and February. Yep. Or so February and March, sorry. Yeah, that's what I mean. Coming back. Like, yeah, I, 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 I think I almost, I, I'm not saying I would have picked him if I didn't remember Riley Mercer, but I kind of forgot he was there because yeah. for the first half of the year, and kind of sucks for the coach when you're, Without your number one goaltender, mm-hmm. without your number one defenseman, without Cote, you're kind of eating, you're eating that decision and that and that toughness. But yeah, they're playing. What's his stats in the playoffs? It's something silly. Like 
941 save percentage 1. and 1. 1.85 yeah. goals against average. So yeah. he he went in there and he shut um shut Victoria the door. down which they did stumble and and that's why I said 6 because they had kind of stumbled. They weren't the juggernaut when we did our Christmas episode with all our uh, media friends, everybody's surprise of the first half was mm-hmm. Victoriaville leading the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they just kind of stumbled a little bit. I, th- I thought the goaltending would be a little bit better. Yeah. I don't think... I don't Dag, think did, uh, Dag, Dag didn't get anything. Right. No. And that's what I wondered. I wonder if maybe they'd... After, you know, once they were down 3-1, I wondered, you know, maybe maybe they go to uh, to Dag and see if they can get the, uh, the young goalie some experience. Yeah. But they never did, which was kind of surprising to me. And... I, and you gotta wonder if that was kind of a, a turning point that could have went in their favor. It was just making a simple change like that, you know. It, but they, they, they never did. So yeah, wake them up a little bit. So we know the uh, we know the playoff matchups in. Oh, let's go back. We know the playoff matchups in the Western Conference as they are now set. Uh, the Eastern Conference is still waiting for us because <laughs> uh, if we are able to get. The victory, which we'll talk about in a little bit on Monday to move on. We will play Halifax, and Ramuski will travel to Quebec. If we are unable to get this thing done in seven, then Bacoma will travel to Quebec, and Ramuski will travel to Halifax. So be good to see a couple division rivalries there, division rivalries in round two. Um, so Sherbrooke will play Drummondville. Gatineau will play Renaranda. We don't have to give our picks yet. We'll give them after... Round one is completely done, but I mean those are just those. I think are two pretty good series matchups. It's um, like I I don't think those are going to be walks as much as they were for Sherbrooke and, and Gatineau in round one. No, um, the thing is, it's kind of. I was reading on the Halifax board this morning, and they're actually upset at the upset. Because they they were hoping that Gatineau and Sherbrooke would have a tougher mm-hmm. second round series, but with the upset, it's that's not happening. <coughs> I think it's an e- well. I guess it depends. Sherbrooke has an has an easier second round opponent for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I think so. I think that's what the Halifax fans are kind of upset about is they are hoping that Victoriaville would be into the second round. Because they wanted these Western Conference teams to have tougher opponents, and well, <laughs> you, you, you probably should be worried about. And that's the worst part about the crossovers. Halifax is worried about that because they either have to play Sherbrooke or mm-hmm. Gatineau in round three, as opposed to just having to worry about the Eastern Conference final if they were to get there mm-hmm. and playing Quebec, which Quebec would play either Ramouski, which will be a tough series, um, or they'll play Baycomo, which will be a tough series, and like. The Eastern Conference matchups, no matter which way they go, should be a little bit tougher for the top teams as opposed to the Western Conference. Yep, hundred percent. This is uh, the the East. You're right. The Eastern Conference matchups are it, it, it going to be probably over. Uh, actually, matter of fact, the next round, I wouldn't be surprised if every series is done in four or five games. Yeah, like it's you know it's it's just the way that things are kind of lining up. You've um, it's 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 as if the powerhouses are have really distanced themselves from the rest of the competition, uh, and you know we've we've seen you know our series is the longest one. Mm-hmm. You know um, I don't see a single second round series going to six games. I, I just I just don't I can't see it. 
Uh, I can't see it um, as much as I'd love to ride the Drummondville wave right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if I can pick them over Sherbrooke. It's just, uh, you know, I, I can't see it. I don't think they'll get, I don't think they'll get a second upset. No, it's stealing a series against Victoriaville is one thing. Stealing a series against a team like Sherbrooke mm-hmm. is a completely the other one. Yep. And, you know, sometimes there's, you know, Moncton in 2015-2016, they rode the wave to a third round, right, I believe, mm-hmm. against they beat Victoriaville and they beat somebody else and then ran into a hot, ran around a team that was going that ended up going to the Memorial Cup final, I do mm-hmm. believe. So, But you, you look at these top four teams and everybody's known that these top four teams are probably going to play each other in the, four, in the third round. Quebec 109, Halifax 107, Sherbrooke 105, Gatineau 105, mm-hmm. and then Victoriaville's at 88 points. So it's a 20-point gap between four and five in the league, and that's I, – I don't foresee – I think I said it during when they kind of loaded up. Like, these are the four teams that you expect to be in the final yeah. four mm-hmm. facing each other, and with the reseeding the way it goes, it's Quebec, Gatineau, Halifax, Sherbrooke. And yeah. I can see why Sherbrooke would like – or why Halifax would like to see – Victoriaville get there, but I don't know if Victoria poses any more of a threat to Sherbrooke than Drummondville would have. Absolutely, no, I don't think so. Victoriaville, they're a little bit more physical, but built more for next year. Yeah, Um, so I think they would have preferred to get a little more playoff experience. Um, But that, and that's another reason why I, I kind of picked them is that they are not built for this season. They were built for next season, and Drummondville is also built for next season. Um, so these teams are going to go head to head next year, like you know. And for Drummondville to pull off that upset, it just gives them that much more confidence to do maybe an all in next year, right? Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll see where it goes. Uh, but you know, at this at this point right now, the way the second round is lining up. I, I don't think we're I don't think we'll see an upset. No, and from the province the province the promise that we saw on night one with four overtime games, mm-hmm. it was like that was it. That was that was the night of the playoffs, and then everything kind of settled in. I mean, obviously, Cape Breton had their chances. They could have given given Halifax a little bit of a scare. Moncton and and Bay Como have been as even as you can get through a series. Mm-hmm. Um, Quebec let Charlottetown hang around, but then ended up taking it over. Like night one was just kind of like, that's the night that the underdogs, if you're going to surprise that home team, mm-hmm. it's that first game. Everybody's jacked up. Everybody's as healthy and rested as they could be mm-hmm. going into a playoff. And unfortunately after that, the, the top teams just settled in and ended up just kind of taking over and mm-hmm. basically are going to take over in round two as well. And round three in the final are, are what everyone's waiting for. Just put your feet up on the couch and get your popcorn ready because yep. that's going to be some good hockey. At 8 p.m. local, except for the games that are in Halifax. Yeah, God so, bless. Yeah. Ooh, at least, at least knock on one if we're able to get a victory tonight. Um, we're all our games are at 7 p.m. Yes. No more of this 8 p.m. stuff. All right, let's get to the Weekly Rewind. Weekly Rewind. Welcome to the Weekly Rewind, presented by Local Sports Pub. Looking for a great place to have some wings, beer, and watch sports with friends. Head to 1715 Main Street, where the Salty Sea Dog used to be. Almost was no longer, eh? Did you see there was, across the street, there was a truck. Um, one of our fan listeners sent it to me. A truck went through a building 
like right on that corner, like kitty corner from, uh, oh, yeah, like on Main Street there when you kind of take that half, like, yeah, yeah, pass all the cars, yeah, that building, somebody ran right into that. <laughs> yeah, he showed me a picture that, like, you could see him pulling the, like, pulling the tow truck, oh, pulling the vehicle man. out of it, like, whoo, almost lost our, almost lost our viewing party <laughs> spot, but, um, yeah, where the Salty Sea Dog used to be. Um, happy hour Mondays. More muscle products are five fifty a pint all day, as well a half pound, a pound of wings and fries for fifteen ninety nine. Um, like I like I said, stay tuned for dates and times for our viewing parties for round two. Knock on if wood. we make it, um, if we don't, thank you to them for hosting our round one mm. uh, playoff viewing party. Round one game three was uh, about forty people. In there at different yeah, times. There was it was probably pretty six or seven tables. Yeah. Uh, and we can't speak for the official viewing party, but yeah. I was I was pretty happy with that. Uh, you know, I uh, had a Night nice... Night two was a little little less tables yeah, I, full, I, I but... Did, I was not feeling well at all. No. Um, the weather didn't help either. No, it really didn't. But night one, you know, that first uh, that first game there, the uh, empty net goal was the... Uh, I was quite... Pleased and proud of my no OT chant. <laughs> yeah. That was always yeah. a good one. Yeah, you got no OT chant going. Yeah, that was good. And uh, second night, well, let's, uh, that was a yeah, that little was, bit of a different. Uh, a little bit of a different game. The weather just, I kind of had, I I was like, oh, if this, if you know, I just don't want to. Like the weather and I was just like, oh, it might. A lot of people were saying they were going to go to game four, but they were going to go to game five. And I'm like, mm-hmm. but we won't have a game five because yeah. they got something else, which. We didn't have a game five at the local because they had an event planned for about a month and a half. And with not knowing schedules, unfortunately, that's just what we run into. Um, so game one, I believe, is scheduled for Friday. We, we don't know the Halifax schedule yet. I think it's Friday. Um, we won't have a game one there because he's got the comedy show again. Uh, but we will have the Saturday night one um, again if the Wildcats make it. So maybe we'll do something again on YouTube because that was uh, that was a ton of fun. But I, what I liked about the uh, the viewing party, a the wings were pretty good. Yep. I don't know how yours were, um, but I liked that everybody bought food. They bought drinks. Mm-hmm. They kind of supported. They didn't just go there and watch a game and watch a game yeah. and have a Pepsi and you know just leave on a four dollar Pepsi or whatever yeah. Pepsi is. Yeah, like, exactly. They actually bought beer. They had a good time. Everyone was there for the whole game, and so um, it was a lot of fun. It was a, it was a good time to actually have volume. Have this the the stream go well for yeah. most of the time, except for Bay Como's Wi-Fi, which isn't our fault. That means the viewing the official viewing party was having the same problems. But again, it was it was a good time. So stay tuned to our social medias uh, for round two if we make it viewing parties. Uh, we got a lead coming home tonight. We have a three-two series lead um, coming home for game six tonight, possibly game seven tomorrow. It turned and it was a very different series, but again. I don't know how much more even you can get a playoff oh, series. Oh, yeah, this is there's there's so much uh, in this series to to appreciate about about hockey. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's close, uh, it's physical, it's there's scrums after what seems like every whistle. Uh, there's you know there's hits, there's clean hits, there's bad hits, <laughs> there's suspensions, there's fines, there's discipline you know, rejected what more can you ask for yeah. you know it's it's been an incredibly fun series uh stressful oh my uh, goodness it's you know you've got um elevated heart rates uh it, it's it's been a it's been a wild uh, a wild ride and you know we're only game five here and uh to 
I, you know, to be the only game on the on, on tap tonight, uh, we're probably going to have some um, a lot of people from around the league tuning into that, and so we've got to uh, you know put on a show and and uh, hopefully uh, you know like finishes off this finish off the series because it's um, don't get any easier. It does not get any easier. Nope, that's that is for sure. Yeah, it's been uh, goals for seventeen sixteen for Moncton. Um, I mean, game one was four three in overtime. I don't know what the static is. Hopefully, that's not finished with the whisper code. But um, game one was four three. Game two was four three. Game three was five two. Game four was five two. <laughs> it's like it's as e- and then you go to game overtime in game five. Yep. Um, I mean, game three was probably as good as the Wildcats have played all series. Mm-hmm. Game four. As bad as they've played all series, yeah, that like, was a, that was a January Wildcats. Game, yeah, that but, was like, but it wasn't like it. It's it was only the like the first fifteen minutes that they played yeah, like that. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, you come out and you're like, oh, we're on the road. We want to weather the storm in a game that they're going to come hard because they want to get tied series. Moncton didn't weather no, the storm. You literally at you, all. Let, you let in a goal two minutes in, yeah, uh, and that's in a in a barn that's you know not in your favor. Yeah, you probably. If you're lucky, maybe had 15 fans in that were there cheering for Moncton. If that, if that, you know, I didn't see a single Wildcats uh, jersey in the crowd. Probably wouldn't want to wear one. Yeah, <laughs> just, just wear your coat over top of it. Yeah, um, no, but that's that's hostile territory, and uh, you're honestly to to get two wins is mission accomplished. You know, yeah. you kind of you you needed that. You needed two wins. You didn't want the other. You didn't want Baycoma to win two. You you needed Moncton to win those two games because you wanted them to come home with, with home ice. But um, I felt good going into game five because we won game one. Game two, we lost on a back-to-back night. We won game three. We lost game four on a back-to-back night. We got a day off. We won game five. Mm-hmm. We got two days off. We got game six. Like I, like, I feel really good about tonight. Like I did game five because we've had the rest in between. It's mm-hmm. not back-to-back nights, and that's usually the toughest time. Now, the flip side of that is the fourth game is always the toughest to win, and especially with a young group like this trying to get that fourth win at home. I want to say a ruckus, loud, full building, but I can't because it won't be, and that's not any. that's not any shot at the players on the ice. That's the marketing in the back, but... Mm. Um, I mean, yeah, you, you talk about this series having everything. We The Wildcats have spent $3,000 on this se- series. Two requests for discipline, um, rejected 2000 for one of the best tweets they've had probably in two or three years. Um, Lotion gets suspended for one game for an intent to injure, yet Poirier doesn't get anything when we actually get injured. Mm-hmm. A flying, leaping elbow doesn't get anything but two minutes. Tybell misses game five because of a hit from behind that only gets two minutes. Like, I don't always want to go after the refs, but, man, did they ever make it look like the Quebec bias is showing in that series. And it may seem like whiners on the internet. And I'll take full responsibility. It was all me tweeting that. Like, you may feel that way, but you weren't actually the one tweeting it all the time. That's me. But good Lord, did that Quebec bias show up. That's it. That's sometimes it's, that's the, that's the way it is, you know. Um, however, in what possibly could be a turning point in the series, 
was a obvious in what you and I call an illegal hit mm-hmm. made by Plandowski that went uncalled. Yep. That could have easily been a two, possibly even a five, with minutes to go in the game. Yeah. Uh, that didn't go. That didn't get called. Um, and at this point, like I have, I had people saying that we caught a break. Mm-hmm. That was the that could be a, the break that we needed in in this series. Yeah, uh, because there's been a lot that haven't that hasn't gone in our favor, and maybe that's good karma. You know, maybe that's our the 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 injuries to Forte, Jandron, and 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 Tybell that went uncalled um, and uns- unsuspended. Is that a word? Yep, it is now. Okay, <laughs> and unsuspended. Um, the yes penalty to Loshing. Yes, the five minute major to Loshing. Um, we agree on the whole match thing. I think that could have, uh, because Loshing's not that that type of player, no. right? He's he sees a guy at you know the last second and then just kind of. You know, puts a stick up. up. And that's that's the way of hockey now. These guys all, when they go for hits, the hands come up because they're protecting themselves. And, you know, like like I tweeted in my rant about the officials. Mm -hmm. Was it a five-minute penalty? Yes. Was it a game misconduct? Yes. There was no intent to injure. No, The guy came back that night. The guy was in the lineup the next night. Was there intent to injure on Poirier? Yeah. You drill a dude from behind. Was there intent to injure on Dufour? On Hamel's head. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're 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 probably without Forte Jandron for the rest of the playoffs. Yeah, we don't know about Ty Bell. And who knows in the preseason, depending on what the injury was. Yeah. Um. So it, it's uh. You're right. Like, there's there have been some calls that have not gone in our favor. Um. But this one is like I say, it could very well be, um, the break. You know, yeah. the turning point. Yeah. That because you give. Bay Como a, a, a two minute power play, a, a five minute Another power play. Five minute. They had a five minute in that game already, didn't they? Uh, or was that the game before? I think it was the, that was the Loshing one. Oh, yeah, it was the Loshing one. So they had a five on three in that one. That's yeah, five on three, exactly. And that was killed off. And then, well, not necessarily killed off. It was, you know, they it was a five on four when they. Was it five on three when they scored? Five on four. Five oh, five on three. Yeah, they was scored. It? Okay, yeah. Because then I was like, oh, good. Oh, that's and they still are on the time. Fenanko did the, yeah, the, the high stick. Uh, Goal celebration. Yeah, I'm sure if you ask him, he's like, "No, no, I was rowing because yeah. we're Vikings." No, yeah. no, you were you were high sticking, the, high sticking in the face. Um, yeah, I, um, you know, when you, when you have fans from your own team literally messaging you saying that should have been a penalty on Plandowski. I mean, it's yeah. pretty obvious it should have been a, yeah. a call. And um, at this point, right now, um, there's been. Nothing. Nothing from the league about further uh, disciplinary action. Um, so hopefully that uh, hopefully that stays uh, stays the same. Yeah, we got. I mean, you talk about that being the turn we need. There was three bounces in that hockey game that we got. Plandowski not getting a penalty for that hit, which mm-hmm. the way I believe it was Matt McDonald, the Haligonia native. Um, <laughs> The way he went off the ice, it looked upper body. Um, 
which if you're watching on YouTube looked upper body, but I won't say anything. Um, that one, the power play goal from OJ where the puck bounces up in the air and goes over Charlo. Yep. That was, we weren't getting those bounces in the first four games. Mm-hmm. And then a massive credit to Hugo Marcel for not dropping his gloves. When yeah. He, when he got hit yeah. and he was going off and I don't know if because he was going off the ice for a shift change, it helped him not want to fight. Um, but the fact that he didn't drop the gloves mm-hmm. and then it was very good call. Who was the other one? No, that's the five. That was Matt McDonald. That was, um, yeah, that was before against, the hit against Matt McDonald. Yeah. I would say another, another bounce that we got was when Morash shot the puck wide and it literally came off the other side onto Barbashev's stick. Ah, he meant to do that. Well, that was it, but that's, that's a bounce, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, no, that's, yeah. It, it, yeah it the, the Matt McDonald and, at 1038. So midway through the third period and Thomas Auger scores at 1125. So a minute into that power play. Yeah. The Wildcats both goals on the power play. Like that's that's been such a turning point in this series. Um, the Wildcats are six for sixteen at thirty seven percent, while Baycomo is three of eighteen at sixteen sixteen point five percent. Like yeah. up until I think game three when they finally got a penalty, a power play goal for Baycomo, Moncton had scored half their goals on the power play, uh-huh. and you know. It showed Loshing not being on the power play. And mm-hmm. like we said on our live, which shout out to all our fan listeners, we had about 70 people show up, about 322 views. It is now deleted, just in case. We may have another one. Um, might have said some things. Might have said some now things. Regret. That we now regret. But we also <laughs> might have just kept it deleted so that people can't find it and yep. we can't get in trouble. But anyways, um, crap. Now what was I the video we need that the video that needs to be seen is, is, is on the Twitter. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah. I, I had a point. That I was going to talk about playoff-wise, and now I can't... Uh, That's okay. It can't be important. No, it, it literally wasn't. I have no idea That's where right. I was going with that. But um, Charlo, man, they that was the first victory where he hasn't let in four. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of turned that series. And like I said to you on that live, this is where I was going. Steinman has been good in this series. The first one last night to the five-hole, he's going to want that one back. Charlo allowed a couple goals he's going to want back, especially that bounce when he couldn't find. But... Steinman's been good when he's needed to, but he hasn't been great in stealing a game yet. Yep. Charlo was the reason they won in double overtime. He was unreal in that 5-2 victory. Like, Moncton had chances. Like, that 5-2 score looks bad, but Moncton had chances in that game. Mm-hmm. Kind of once it was 3 nothing, and once they kind of got that early yeah, one from Mueller. They tried to claw back. They though. tried to claw back, pun intended. And he was he was stopping it. His, yep. glove, his, his glove hand has been on fire. Mm-hmm. I still don't think we've seen the best from Steinman yet. And I wondered in game four when it was four to one going into the third period, I was like, I wonder if this is a time to see Philly on, which had nothing to do with Steinman, but it would be, we know you're our guy in game five, take a break because this can only go one of two ways. Either you come back and you're tired because we got to go long or they get a couple more goals and now they've, they've solved you and it's six or seven to two. And that helps no one going into game five. So I thought they might go with Philly on. We haven't seen him in the series, but I feel like this is a night where Steinman kind of has to outduel Charlo if we want to, if we want to end this thing. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, it's Charlo's uh, Charlo's been the difference in the series. It would be over yeah. if it was not for him. And uh, that's, that just says a lot, you know, there's that game. We were at the, uh, the local on Tuesday, man, the gloves, the glove save, um, you know, there was, he was making 10 bell, you know, five bell saves with his glove and he's been making saves like that all series. And, mm-hmm. um, they're still shooting, 
<laughs> that interaction. Like, when are they going to learn? Yeah. Um, but maybe that's the book on him. You know, our goalie coach, Antoine Samuel, came from Bay Como. Right? Maybe he's kind of knows knows that stuff, right? It's, but yeah. clearly, it, clearly, it's um, maybe, maybe it's, it's the second glove. Maybe the first one was defective. Well, and this new one. Well, that's it. He's, ever since he lotion ripped that uh, piss missile through uh, through his club, <laughs> he's been stopping almost everything with it. So, um, no, it, it's that's that's the difference in the series right now is is the goaltending. And you're right, Simon's been good, but Charles has been gooder. Great. Yeah, gooder. <laughs> Right, and uh, uh, Simon's a two seven three goals against average nine ton save percentage. Charlo two seven two goals against average nine eighteen save percentage. Yeah, so, so you can't even separate the goaltending. Yeah, because it's been so even because of the scores in the game. Like it's just it's ridiculous. Jeremy, I ask you, an overtime hero? You have twenty three guesses. Would you have picked the overtime hero in those twenty three guesses? You might hear his name a little bit later, but. Would you have picked said overtime hero with those twenty three guesses? I'm still in disbelief. Um, <laughs> I'm and uh, to to go what was it forehand backhand or yeah he backhand. got it on his forehand and kind of went to his backhand quick. Yeah, I mean the the most unlikeliest of 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 heroes, yeah. uh, Anthony Hamel. I mean, it's you you couldn't even draw it up. Um, but on that play. And I think this is a huge reason why the goal happened. Well, Baycomo defenseman Lavoie lost his stick, so it was technically a power play. Yeah, right. There was room for him to pinch in because it was four on did. four, wasn't it? No, I'm pretty sure it was back to even strength. Was when it back it to even yeah, strength? yeah. Okay. It was because uh, it started four on four because of a Baudouin yeah. and somebody. Played. And then Trenum took the penalty, killed off the penalty, and then it was Trenum back took to... a penalty that saved a goal. I think if Trenum doesn't take that hold penalty, oh, yeah. which a lot of people don't agree with. Malofsky probably scores because he's going around. He's cutting across, mm-hmm. and he probably goes back and puts that in the net. Yeah, yeah, I, I I'd have to agree. Um, but no, it, it's I think it's I think his name is Anthony. Anthony Laval loses a stick, so it's essentially a power play for Moncton five on four, and I, I think they saw that as an opportunity for you know Hamel to pinch in and and uh, you know to do what nobody probably would have predicted. Yeah. you know yeah. it's um. But no, Kevin Barrett made it. Kevin Barrett tweeted something about it and about about how uh, uh, Denis Potvin is is um, how Hamel is related to to Denis Potvin. Yep. And how in um, it's uh, where is it here? Do, 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 do. Nineteen eighty, Anthony Hamel's famous uncle Denis Potvin pinched in from the point to score an OT goal in the Stanley Cup final. And after Hamel's perfect pinch in overtime, maybe they can compare notes. Well, yeah. You know, it's, it's, you just, it, we said on our live, I would have predicted Vince Filion to score the overtime <laughs> winner before Anthony Hamel, yeah. Yeah. you know, and that's, that's, but that's hockey. And that's right? no shot at Hamel. That's just not his thing. He's such yeah. a defensive defenseman. He's got one goal in the playoffs in three years. If you watch the play that we put up on the social media, and a lot of people are watching our reaction, but if you actually watch the play, the puck comes off the half wall, which Moncton's had a lot of trouble themselves rimming it around and getting in trouble mm-hmm. um, with the puck ending up in the back of our net. Moran gets it, keeps it in, gets it to Mueller, and you can see Hamel, like you said, with, with uh, Anthony losing a stick. He darts right to that net, and mm-hmm. Mueller puts it, sauce over a couple sticks, through some feet. Like It was a beautiful bullet pass mm-hmm. that Hamel gets on his forehand, goes backhand, and I, and I believe surprises Charlo. I think surprises is... is... <laughs> 
Charlo, everybody. <laughs> Charlo, everybody. Yeah. Um, because really, it's Hamel has so much room, um, and nobody's coming at him. So it's it's as if Baycomo. He has less room in practice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's as if Baycomo, you know, identifies that it's Hamel, and realizes or assumes this guy's not going to shoot. Yeah. This guy's you know this guy's not going to do nothing here, and it's as if they're playing the pass. Um, thinking that he's going to pass it over to someone at the left side of the net. But, and even Charlo, I mean, he's almost giving up too much room. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's he's deep in his crease. He's not challenging the shooter. And, um, you know, Hamel, like I said, just the unlikeliest of heroes. Um, and good for him. You know, it's... Uh, Scoring big goals like his uncle. You know, that's it. Right and Pat Kevin Barrett's uh, tweet about uh, you know Denis Ham- uh, Denis Podvin, uh, nineteen eighty Stanley Cup final overtime winning goal. I'm a pinch from the blue line, almost an identical thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you know it's uh, that's what you need. You that's what playoffs is all about. You need goals from from players that uh, you don't expect. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean this. It's, your stars are going to be there, but at some point in a game, your bottom six or mm-hmm. your guys you don't expect. Have to put the puck in the net, and Oji's not a bottom six forward, but he's been in those spots for the past couple games. He gets a lucky bounce. Hamel, who again, you give us twenty three guesses of a twenty three man roster, we're picking Philly on before we pick Hamel. Yeah. Like it's just no, nothing against the kid; he's a good kid, but he just he doesn't strike you as the OT hero. Um, but tonight is a different animal. Tonight is game six. Both teams flying home, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, on the same plane? Not on the same plane? Uh, no. So I just checked, and there was two flights that left Baycomo about three minutes apart. So I'm assuming I've got to I've got to guess one team's on one and the other team's on the other. Uh, they both landed, you know, Saturday afternoon about two forty five. So um, yeah, both teams are going to be well rested. You know, no bus legs. Probably a good uh, thing that neither one of them are on the flight. Yeah, <laughs> two nights sleep in a in a hotel and. Um, so you know, Baycomo is going to be just as just as rested as 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 Moncton coming into Game Six. So we've um, yeah, it's going to be a big game. Yep, yep, it's a big game. Before we look ahead to that one, just one last question. Mm-hmm. Fourth line, Samson Bishop was thrown into the lineup. Mm-hmm. McPhee was thrown into the lineup. Um, I asked you on the live, um, how much of this line are we going to see? Just because the tendency with a young group is give them sheltered minutes mm-hmm. and I thought they weren't going to play as much in their beer. They were a regular shift because they were doing down the hockey, which was North South pucks in deep bang bodies. They had a pretty good, pretty good game. Mm-hmm. You've got to know your role. You know, you could be like the rock, know your yeah. role. Uh, and uh, you know, you don't have to shut your mouth. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, they, they, they played the roles that they needed to play. Yeah. Uh, and there was a couple shifts where they, they wore down. Bake homo and that you, you yeah, can't, they trapped him in there yeah. a couple times. You can't be there's you can't be more nothing else than you've got to be you've got to be happy with that, and um, you know it's you never know there could be a a, a newcomer on the fourth line uh, in in game six. You never you never know what's going to happen. You know, um, just uh, looking at the uh, results in uh, in Quebec in the their under eighteen league under eighteen league. Um, Saturday uh, Saturday afternoon, Sanders Stash was eliminated, um, oh. so that could free up uh, maybe a Sydney Delorier to be a Black Ace uh, yeah. here in Moncton for, you know, 
whenever time that yeah. they're left uh, that's left in their season. So, you know, get uh, get a young player like him to town to to practice, and um, I don't see a scenario where he would get in, but bump up somebody uh, yeah. off the out of the lineup. But uh, you know, practice uh, is never a bad thing, and uh, no, that fourth line it's it, it doesn't see it, it seem it doesn't seem to matter who's out there. Like they're they've got a role, they understand their role, and uh, they're they're contributing as well. Yep, and that's what you know. You always wonder how much they're going to play. They play they played a good shift, like you said. They trapped that line in, which is huge because it gives our top guys rest. And mm-hmm. you know, we talked about coming into the series, we have a little bit more depth than than Baycomo. It's maybe starting to show a little bit, but again, game <laughs> six tonight at home, it's a different animal. So I ask you, give me one thing that this team needs to do to get past get past Bay Como and get that extra day of rest because if we get past them, we're playing Halifax. Yep. We're going to need that extra day of rest. And yeah, it's just one day, but that's one more day. You don't have to bang against six, six, four defensemen or, yep. you know, anything can happen in a game seven. Just finish this tonight. How do they do it? Well, I think they got to take advantage of their, um, of their breaks here. Um, you know, obviously there's been nothing from the queue yet about, uh, about Plandowski. Um, so you've kind of got to, you kind of have to. You've you've got that sense that the way this series has been going, um, if he's in the lineup on you know for tonight's game, he's going to be involved some way, positively, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's scoring the winning goal or or setting up the winning goal, because that's just the way things have of have, have happened. You know, you you had. Um, Justin Poirier take out Forte Jandra in game one, didn't get suspended, comes back and scores in game two. Um, Isaac Dufour uh, with his uh, Randy Savage flying elbow um, <laughs> in game three, doesn't get suspended, comes back and gets a couple assists in in, uh, in game four. Uh, so there's uh, there's an opportunity here um, if we have Plandowski in the lineup for him to, uh, to maybe uh, make the series, break the series and finish the job here. And uh, I think, you know, it's as, as good as Steinman has been. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the game where he needs to be gooder than, than Sherlow. And it doesn't have to be a 50-save shutout. No. It just has to be, you know, stop, stop the pucks that, um, that you need to stop and really don't allow as many goals as he does. That's, you know, it's doing a game, you've got to score more goals in the opposition Sure, Good but point. you also have to stop as many. Uh, yeah. uh, don't you know? You have, you have to stop more than the other goalie too. So, uh, I think um, if there's if there's a game for him to stand on his head, I think it'll be Game Six. Goaltending one one from Jimmy Boucher. You have to stop more than the other team. Um, yeah, for me, it's a that first ten minutes, and you know, Baycomo's going to try and take the crowd ish that we all have. <laughs> out of it um, and do what they did in game four. And then they just kind of shut Moncton down and got a three Oh lead. So scoring first for Moncton is big. I don't even think they've scored first in this series other than in the two games they lost. Um, so they got to score. I feel like that's a bad stat. I shouldn't have gone with that. I feel like they have scored. <laughs> I feel like they, what's their record when they scored first. Now that just seems silly that I would do that. That's okay. It's first 10 minutes and you've got to, Moncton needs to play with a lead and play yeah. the way that they can play like they did in game three. Set the tone where they just kind of, yeah, set the tone and you took the goaltending that I was going to say, like Steinman's been good. We're not saying he has it, but he, we haven't seen Steinman's best. And there's a couple games in the year where Steinman was playing 
Like he stole games, and I think this is the one where he kind of you feel he's going to steal this mm-hmm. one. Um, and stay disciplined, stay out of the trash, because yes, we've thirty seven percent on the power play, and Cape Bre- or Baycomo's only sixteen percent on the power play. But if you keep giving them chances, eventually they're going to to put a few past our PK. So. Mm-hmm. The first 10 minutes is going to be key and, and staying disciplined and, and ending this one because if it gets out of hand, staying disciplined is very key because we cannot afford any injuries. We don't know if Ty Bell's coming back. Um, we know Loshing's going to be back. Plendowski, we're not sure on yet. Um, so we have depth, but we just don't always don't want to use it uh, if we can avoid it. So um, game six tonight, again, bring noisemakers to everyone. Bring as much noise as you can. Let's be loud. There may not be 3,000 people in here because unless you're a group of 10 or uh, you're a family of four, you're not getting a deal. That was pretty evident by by the um, one of our fan listeners that won two tickets at the official viewing party. Yeah, you'd think it'd be game six tickets. Nope. It's a letter for two flex tickets to next season. Let's get to everyone's favorite part of the show. From him, stick tap of the week. Let's get to everyone's favorite part of the show. Eric Murray Realtor, buy our house from him, stick tap of the week. Okay, folks. Uh, so, uh, with it being Easter Monday, and we just got rid of our, I shouldn't say get rid of, you know, we just finished up Easter weekend. Uh, I'm going to give this, uh, this week's stick tap to the uh, Candy Depot uh, on, on Mountain Road. They put the wowzers in your trousers. <laughs> I wish they still. I still don't I know. Wish, how, I, wish I have no idea how that, that got commercial. Like for yeah. a team that doesn't market well, I yeah. don't know how. I guess I know. I guess I now know how that slogan got into hockey games for the Candy Depot. <laughs> well, now they, it's, you know, with uh, they put the wowzers in my trousers over the weekend. <laughs> let's put it that way. Um, so every uh, this is the first time that I was able to successfully get this done because last year I tried and apparently I was uh, a little too late but uh, around Easter time every year uh, they'll do what they call an Easter bunny delivery mm-hmm. um, so a couple of weeks ago I uh, went onto their website and placed an order for some candy and uh, had the option to choose uh, for it to be delivered by the Easter bunny nice so the uh, we had the Easter bunny uh, at our place on on Friday deliver a nice uh, little bag full of, of goodies for for Avery so uh, I thought that was neat, and yeah, literally delivered it right to our front door, and uh, it was a little brief um, wave and hug and candy exchange, uh, and I thought it was pretty neat. That's, and uh, that's uh, really cool. Yeah, um, so it's uh, I think it's only done at Easter, and uh, so it's something for you know little kids. And uh, but honestly, if the Easter Bunny brought me chocolate, I'd probably just as happy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I think it's a really nice touch, and uh, it's uh, really it's it's. I don't know of any other business around that that does something like that. So I think it's a uh, it's neat. It's good for the kids and brings a smile to their face. And the last thing you need is for them to be all hyped up on sugar. But if there's a weekend for it to happen, it's this one. It's this one, and then you just uh, send them to school with a bunch of chocolate on Monday, and let the teacher deal with your kids. <laughs> The Stick Tap of the Week, sponsored by Eric Murray Real Estate with the Remax Avante team. If you're looking to buy or sell a home in the greater Moncton or surrounding area, make sure to check him out on social media or give him a call at 506-863-8802. 
That brings us to the Wildcast Wildcat of the Week presented by Rosemary Lynn Massage and Spa. Uh, take advantage of their loyalty card if you haven't already as well for the month of April. It is their birthday month. They are turning two. So thanks to everyone that has supported them uh, in those two years. Uh, so for the month of April, when you book an appointment, you are entered to win a basket valued at over $600. Some of the keys in that basket, a $300 gift certificate to Rosemary Lynn Massage, a 60-minute uh, dermal planning facial to that. Um, a 500 milliliter hemp bottle, bath salts, lavender, sea salts, uh, loop scrunchie, just a pretty sweet, uh, pretty sweet gift basket. So if you want to book an appointment, call 506-830-1224 or drop in for a visit at 1224 Mountain Road, your Wildcast Wildcat of the week. I've kind of gone with players that have had impacts in the series, um, which I mean, I could go with Loshing, I could go with Baudouin, I could go with LaBelle and his five assists, I could go with Etienne Moran again um, at two points a game. But I'm going to go past the stats. I'm going to go about the guy we just talked about who I will be honest, we have given a bit of a tough ride <laughs> this season. Tough is an understatement. Yeah, but he was a – he's the reason we have a chance to clinch tonight. Mm-hmm. And his, his smarts to see that play develop with Mueller on the half wall and everybody's back turned looking at the puck – um, to sneak in and, and get that goal um, was just was pretty awesome for him. And um, he's tied his playoff career goal production. Uh, he had one goal in 2021. Uh, he's now got one goal in 2023. So he's doubled his career playoff production, um, two goals. Um, you know, he's there for sticking up for teammates or minute logging and making the big hit, not known for his offensive touch, but he's the reason we're coming home with a 3-2 victory. Uh, and a 3-2 series lead and the chance to advance on tonight. Um, so your Wildcast Wildcat of the week is number two, Mr. Tony Hamel. Big Tony Hamel. Big Tony Hamel. Anthony Hamel um, is your Wildcast Wildcat of the week. That is it for the show this week. Again, because of the playoff schedule, if we get past uh, Baycomo, it'll probably be Friday, Saturday. So we, there'll probably be a second show this week on Thursday, getting you set for, for round two, having our predictions, and we'll see if we can get a guest on uh, to talk Halifax. If we don't get past them, then we're going to take like a month off for our sadness and we'll come back at the draft. I'm just kidding. We'll, we'll figure this out. But hopefully we're coming back this Thursday with another show, getting ready for round two. Um, stay tuned to our social media. the local sports pub. Uh, I believe we'll be there Saturday for a viewing party. Stay tuned for our social media. We might have a game one viewing party again the way we did uh, game five there. So uh, don't forget our wonderful sponsors from now till June 1st on MonctonCommunityVotes.com. Vote for Antlers Whiskey Lounge under bars and pubs. Eric Murray Realtor on uh, Real Estate and Rosemary Massage, Rosemary Lynn's Massage and Spa on Health and Massages. Tomorrow's pregame show, you want to join? Uh, maybe I just might. You might, might just join? I might, I might just right. do that, yeah. It'll be me and Kevin Barrett for Alpha's Appliance Solutions with a pregame show. Maybe a stop by by Mr. Everyone's Favorite Co-host, Mr. Jeremy Boucher. Gets you ready for an eventful game six. I don't know what we're going to talk about leading into this one, but... There are a few things that we can talk about. So you guys enjoy game six. Please get your tickets to it. It's going to be a good one. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wildcast podcast. Follow us on social media at Moncton Wildcast.